Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back to Torn, finding a mom-life balance. On today's episode, we're going to talk about mental health awareness. So memes, it being that it's May, Mental Health Awareness Month, I just wanted to kind of share with our Torn Tribe some personal testimonies that we have here in relation to this topic. Um, Mine is directly related to parenting and therapy. Um, So would you like to hop in there? Yeah, and I I think it's also, while it's Awareness Month, similar to other Awareness Months, we know that these are things that just need to be kept top of mind all year round and I wanted to think about post or as COVID is transitioning to some normalcy and opening things up in different places thinking about how we can um, use mental health as a tool to process the trauma and and support needs the various needs yeah I definitely agree with that because I was just talking about this the other day, which kind of sparked this thought in my mind, um, how sometimes certain topics are seen as taboo or not, not given a platform enough. Mm-hmm. And one of those being that we started parenting, uh, me and Steve, our, our parenting journey started with adoption. Like, I wish, and this is what our podcast is all about, right? Like, letting people be informed (laughs) before they make decisions. And I wish someone was very transparent with the fact that signing up to be an adoptive parent, um, regardless of the age, like, you should consider therapy before even entering into that journey. And then even once you embark upon that journey and adopt your child and the beginning parenting cycle of that. Um, So I just wanted to share with folks like parenting and therapy, they go hand in hand and it's not, it's not something that is particular to one season of your, like a month in a year. And it's also not just, for adoption and it's also not just for situations that seem wrong right Mm -hmm. like abuse or acting out but it could be a preventative outlet Um, because parenting what I've learned is that it triggers a lot of things in your subconscious that you have suppressed over your childhood years or even in your early adulthood or things that have happened to you throughout your life And certain children that you have may trigger those pain points and then you act out on your child rather than dealing with the root issue. And so in full transparency, like for me, like adopting my son, it wasn't even the fact that it was adoption. It was because I believe even if it was my biological son, Sam, 
they would have triggered the point of anger in me no matter what because I had trust issues. <laughs> so I needed therapy, right? I think you highlight two really important um, points just in that intro is how taboo mental health continues to be. Like it's starting to be, you know, we all talk about um, what's trending or what we see on the feed or what are the small businesses and practices that people are uh, embracing. And so one, I think it also has a cultural lens um, and in education, it's pretty um, well known for the communities I teach, um, Latinx, African American, Caribbean American, BIPOC communities that we don't air our dirty laundry. It's you know we we talk about keeping things at home. So there's the cultural implication, there's the generational scars and what we carry, and not having that space to discuss it. But the other point you made that it really resonates, and I hear through my counseling and in, with other adults in different pockets of friends and colleagues is that it isn't a band-aid. It's not the ointment for a wound. It like, we really do need to shift as we're talking about balance in the workplace, as we talk about authenticity as parents, we need to recognize that our society doesn't tend to embrace the reflection that mental health really is trying to encourage. And so no matter what phase you're in, just making that space and time to do that check-in and figure out where you are and what you need and why you're showing up the way you do is really essential. So I think that's really important. And then dispelling along with all the things you carry as parents, dispelling the, oh, there's something wrong with our family or, oh, we're in therapy. Honestly, I am more trusting of people who say they have been than people who say they haven't. Um, <laughs> It's, it's one of those things of, right, we, we talk, we're in times of talking about vaccinations. We talk about what influences are around our children. We talk about who we surround ourselves with and not wanting tox, toxic people around. And so you have to think about where are you in that self-discovery? How, you know, how transparent are you being with yourself, let alone how can we have a relationship? How can we interact? What will that be like if you're someone who hasn't delved into this self-exploration? So. Yeah, I I agree because you hit on two things. Like when you enter into the therapy space, it's helpful to have clear goals. And I'll play out what that means. So with my oldest son, because he was adopted and he was eight years old and I had never been a mom before, my husband had never been a dad before, and we didn't really know what all what an eight-year-old really should be capable of doing. There was just a lot of pumped up frustration and anger because of the unknown. And I'm very type A, so I need structure, not chaos. I need order. And I need, like, honestly, one of my weaknesses as a mom is that I don't like children that are 100% dependent upon me, which I know seems like an oxymoron being a mom. <laughs> you know, like, kids need parents, but I like independent kids that need me for advice and guidance and coaching not for holding your neck and wiping your tush and holding your hand through every single little thing because life is so full. But that's my issue, right? Like that's not reflective of my son. So therapy helped. So when someone told me you need a therapist, kind of like you were saying, one, I had my cultural flags go up like, oh my gosh, how could we need a therapist? We're not crazy. Um, we can figure this out ourselves. So 
Torrent Tribe, don't feel shame in recognizing that you need help because it's no different than your physical health or your spiritual health, right? We go get trainers because we don't know how to do CrossFit. We don't know how to do HIT. We need accountability partners. It's the same thing with mental health. Um, and the same thing with your spiritual health, right? We go to church because we ex- we expect a pastor to actually teach us the word of God so that we can grow in that. Well, it's the same thing with mental health. Like there are people trained up in this area to help hold you accountable, help you meet your goals. So have some sort of goal, whether that goal is just help me because that's mm-hmm. where we started. Like, just help me, help me get over myself and get over the shame and help me enjoy my family. Right. So I think that's a one easy way to start. And then the other aspect that you mentioned meme about the education community, I think we don't even realize it, but at least I didn't when I was looking for a counselor, it is hard to trust people just like spiritually like it's very hard for me to go to church and just take things that are spoken from the pulpit at face value right (laughs) or even like a trainer there's always doubt in my mind like am I actually going to get this uh these abs (laughs) that I want by doing these exercises with you there's a time commitment right and so resources like for us we stumbled upon it but a great resource is your school like there are school counselors that can point you in the right direction like at our particular school there was a counselor that like specialized in adopted children and kids with learning disabilities and all these things and she helped guide us to the right types of counseling so ask for help look to your educational system. You can even do Google searches online, but it's kind of like, if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, that could be overwhelming and scary. So I would say lean into those trusted networks that you already have in your life. What do you think, Meme? Agree. And I would also highlight that they're starting to be more diversified like there's latinx therapy and it's i learned about it through a podcast but then it's a site and you can actually pick someone that has you know the cultural background when i think about my partner and i i knew in a time that we decided to go to counseling i knew i needed a voice a male voice so that he wouldn't feel that he didn't have a vote or was automatically not going to get the the tie-breaking opinion um and so in my own journey it's interesting that um like Athena's highlighting spaces we can go for help but I had I found that through education as a student and so most of my life I've had someone since high school that I have consulted with and it started with academic advisors and while Sister Wilda at St. Francis Prep was not as I reflect back maybe her scope of things wasn't as broad as I would have preferred you know as I know now in in hindsight um we started talking about courses I had to take but then there was a safe space about what was impacting my feelings about my success or my my how much I challenged myself or what I took and then I went to college and while I was not um in the education opportunity program my roommate was and I self-assigned her counselor to be my counselor and I visit him all the time and um Shout out to Wesley Van Dunk, who's been on my mind a lot lately, and then continue to more traditional therapy 
as an adult once I started working. And so in all those phases, there were different needs. Some of them were the outside expectations of society, right? It was like my course load and where I was going to college. And then it shifted to more personal self-exploration and how you navigate college and the social circle and who is authentic, right? And so as I think of all these conversations, I can't imagine who I would be today if I hadn't had that space and reflection. And Torn Tribe, like I've shared with you, like I love this, I'm, I am the self-help guide, you know, um, target audience, like anything that is, <laughs> come to this conference, figure out, you know, aside from my interest in education so that I can put it together with the metacognitive of why we do things the way we do them. I also want to understand the motivation. I went into undergrad thinking I'd be a psychology major and was awful at that textbook learning um, and shifted. But still, my passion in literature is is the study of who we are as people, right? Like, I understand history through that lens. Myself, if I hadn't had those tour guides of my emotions and those phases, I really, really am curious how that would have happened now because I've still entered new phases and felt like, oh, it's time to find someone else to talk to or it's time to pick up with that person I spoke to before. And I've been very intentional in who they are, what their identity is, um, if some from recommendations, some just brand new in a circle saying, yes, I'll sign up for this or my school offering something. And it's been really helpful to have someone impartial because Torn Tribe, we've talked a lot about needing our tribe, but these are the spaces where sometimes the ties we have in our tribe make it really, really difficult to feel differently. Makes it really difficult to try something new, break away, do something that maybe your circle, your family, your friends isn't familiar with because opinions are you know, they weigh so much and they influence us so much. And so whenever it is that self-exploration, when it is, I need help, when, you know, I have, there's this nagging feeling, I'm not sure what it's about. It is really comforting to enter a space that is yours. Um, You do most of the talking. And I think the best therapist there will allow you to do that and find your own answers. It really isn't someone else implanting a way they'll give strategies. And I think that is what my takeaway is on this trajectory is that if I hadn't had those people, I would have had less strategies to use. And so you find these strategies that sometimes work, sometimes are not your style. Um, Someone that I might, who I talked to when I was in high school and college might not be a fit at this point in my life. Um, but gaining those tools also help me when I'm navigating my relationship, when I'm navigating parenting, um, my relationships with parents as an educator, my relationships with my students and my counseling, um, and just encouraging that exploration in that way. I think it just uncovers another layer with new tools of how you know to live an authentic life and feel fulfilled and show up the best we can. And you hit on a great point of counselors at points in time in your in your life, right? And different forms and types of counselors. Because I will share that my first exposure to counseling or therapy in the formal sense was with a social worker during my high school years where my parents were going through their divorce, right? So it was crisis-driven counseling, right? Mm -hmm. Like, help me process all this. And a very uh, very, uh, systematic approach, right? And so 
at a really yes. tough time to get to know someone, right? Yeah, like, at, a, you at meet a time when you don't want to get to know that someone. All the alarms are set off. Like that, that, that's how I feel. I feel like therapists get thrown in. They're like, yeah. here, you deal with this. Yes. <laughs> at and, high alert time. But strategies, right? Mm-hmm. Because this happened right before I was leaving off to college and I was beginning to develop an eating disorder. And she helped me recognize that it wasn't food that I hated. It was the chaos that I hated. So controlling the food led to, you know, feeling like I had some order. Mm -hmm. But had I not shown up at that social worker's office and gone through a couple of sessions with her, I wouldn't have recognized that every single time it's a red flag for me. Like my appetite disappears because there's chaos around and I need to control something. And it's something that I will battle the rest of my life, but now I don't have to give into it, right? Or be oblivious to it and then have it affect a whole bunch of other aspects of my life. But then growing up and, you know, getting married, we did a different form of therapy and counseling. And it was pre-marriage counseling, right? And giving us all these strategies and all these insights into me and my husband before we became husband and wife so that we weren't surprised (laughs) when we lived together that someone wanted four kids and somebody wanted zero. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were able to work through that and, and caused our marriage to thrive. And there's still days and months where me and my husband will go back to our pre marriage counseling workbook and just sit and read what we wrote back then when we were in our young 20s about to get married. And some of them we chuckle and some of them we're like, we're still waiting for this. Like, is this going to happen? Is this still what we want? Um, But it ended up creating this healthy communication in our marriage. But then as a parent, you know, we've done counseling with social workers and other types of counselors certified for like international adoption and all these things. But Torn Tribe, I want to empower you to say it's okay to get into a counselor's office because this has happened to us many a times. And I and I had to battle this myself and go through like, oh, I've been working with this counselor for months and months and months and I'm not seeing progress. I'm not getting anywhere closer to my goals. It's okay to cut off that relationship because <laughs> it's no longer serving you. Definitely. And that's the purpose of this therapy is for it to serve you. And so it could be in a formal setting. It could be a book club. It could be a Bible study. It could be a girlfriend. Um It could be like someone that's certified and licensed to practice this um, and give you strategies. But if it's not serving you, it's okay to end the conversation and find a new counselor. We've done that so many times, especially with like as my son was growing and forming an attachment to us and different issues came up and that were no longer even related to being adopted. It was okay. It was time to change counselors because that was no longer what was serving our family. Yeah. And And I would say the other end of the spectrum also where we confide so much in those close to us and things get blurry. Those relationships don't have to hold it all. We don't have to just confide absolutely everything of our life in every space. Correct. I, I think you should find the people. So just like there's a therapist or a counselor 
and a coach or trainer for a phase I think there's also relationships that are elements of our life and maybe that person is not the best guide or not the only sounding board for things that you're experiencing and being okay with that 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 is not betrayal that it you really really have to do the things that build you up because there's so many things that can be challenging and make you doubt or question so pull in the right team to support you in the way you need and utilize that and don't feel guilty about that. And it's exciting because uh, just like you were saying memes with COVID and the transition back to a new normal and all these things, like it, I think therapy is a huge factor that people need to embrace and recognize that everybody needs some form of therapy to transition back into like it going to work every day at an office or yeah, we, even prepping your kid to go to school every day. For sure. And we might not get a, a carved out pause, even aside from a vacation or a summer break, you might not get a carved out pause. So really keeping top of mind and, and being intentional of making a space for healing, making a space for processing not feeling so many parents when I connected with them in the spring were feeling like they were failing because students were in this funny space of sleeping all day and up all night and things you know not having live class and then there's other things as we are on the end of 16 months of some sort of remote or hybrid experience we need to process those feelings we need and we need to take away what we've learned about ourselves what our children have learned themselves through this time and what we need to amp like to heighten and to increase as we're coming back together and having other experiences or what we can transition what we want to keep from that experience and what hasn't served us so I would just encourage you to just keep it top of mind because since it still isn't in every mainstream construct institution you have to prioritize it for yourself and your family so that you can continue to have grace with yourself and you can continue to make a space for you to thrive because it's just like your health and your spirituality um it needs attention it needs care find that counselor that's a good fit for you and set clear goals so that you can be the best you and now for our men's segment where we share a highlight from the week So memes, what's mending you this week? Um, I have to say it is that self, self-understanding self of like what I need. And so the, what I miss about being in person at work, because I'm only there once a week and it's very different, it's a pod and we're not moving around, is that this is always my... Um, reflection, planning, organizing, I, I would be proctoring AP exams and have four hours blocked out of silence that the most I was doing was like walking up and down aisles and making sure students were on task. And that would help me organize my thoughts. And that would help. I would, of course, read the same posters on the, the in that room over and over or sneak over and see my colleagues pictures on their bulletin board. But it would help me reset and I like those transition periods. I really do like beginning of the year, setting intentions, reflecting, having goals. I like end of the school year. What was my work plan? How did it go? What are these relationships with kids? What did we do well? What do we need to tweak? What can we make 
bigger? What are our new partnerships? And I really, really miss having that dedicated quiet space to do that, reflect and, and make a plan for summer and then have some pockets of that in the summer, even though it feels very different and the vibe in the building is different. Um, I just know more changes ahead as we're going in person in the summer and offering that to students with a pretty rigorous schedule of five days. So trying to carve out those pockets of time because I know they are important to me and they help me feel productive and set me up for the next season. Well, that's awesome. I think it's hilarious that yours is about more time at work and um, my man... (laughs) My man is not, it has nothing to do with work, but it has to do with the school year ending. Okay. I I am so thankful that we made it to the last day of school because I, I, we almost didn't make it here in the Ramsey home um, to that last day. It was very painful, even to the point of waking up for the last day. They, they were like, what are you waking me up for? I'm like, guys, it's the last day of school. They're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Do we have to wear uniform? I'm like, no, you don't have to wear a uniform. And there was another praise. <laughs> they didn't even want to wear shoes. I'm like, come on. Now you're just getting ridiculous. <laughs> like, wear your sneakers. Outside all day. It's field day. So, yay, another school year done. And an awesomeness if everything stays as it is in the Ramsey home with only four sons, then I only have to do kindergarten one more time. (laughs) I hate kindergarten people. It's so hard. So I only have to do it one more time. So yes, that's my mend. I only have to do kindergarten one more time. And maybe he's a genius and he just skips kindergarten. Which he keeps saying that he's going to do. So, who knows? We'll see. But Torrin Tribe, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, what's mending you these days? Um, and any thoughts on the topic shared today? We'd love to hear from you. Beam, tell our folks how to stay connected. So please email us your mends, your suggestions for episodes to tornmlb at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at tornmlb. Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose, choose grace. grace. So that's my a little bit because that's what we're gearing up to over here is kindergarten next year. I don't know. My goodness, today she cheered on her remote with her camera. And she cheered when her teacher canceled the third live meeting. Today. <laughs> I'm like, really? We're burning bridges with our teacher in May? Great, great. Oh, so I'm like, great. don't be rude. You're 50 <laughs> cheering that you don't have a 15 minute meeting to sing. And what reality is that something to complain about? But I'm like, okay. Emojis, the clap symbol, <laughs> the praise. She was like, yes. Yeah, the, the, it's exactly how I feel when meetings for work get canceled. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs>